0: Given its historical importance, it is surprising how rarely Hollywood makes movies about the American Revolution. You see, whenever Hollywood does make a historical film, there is always a band of historians waiting to disparage the film for any of its inaccuracies. Hollywood gets it wrong again; they invariably will. That's precisely what happened when *The Patriot* was released in 2000. You? Are you all the coast, Are you? I remember you that farm, that stupid little boy. Did he die? Hmm? You know, it's an ugly business doing one's duty. But just occasionally, it's a real pleasure. Before this war's over, I'm going to kill you. The picture, starring Mel Gibson, was condemned for the way it misrepresented America's War of Independence. But watching it again recently prompted me to wonder could it be not the filmmakers, but the historians who were wrong? You see, when it comes to history, I ask the question why do they burden the filmmakers with expectations of accuracy and truth? Let's look at this movie. Django. Django. Although it was through revolution that America secured her independence, when she broke free of British control, over three million people did not breathe the air of liberty. On the contrary, slavery continued to completely dominate American life. Slavery's long and brutal silhouette held sway over every aspect of American society, its politics, religion, economy and culture. And yet, in Django Unchained, Quentin Tarantino chooses it as a canvas onto which he can project not his view of history, but his own cinematic preoccupations. Just as he did with Inglorious Bastards, he takes history and doesn't dramatize it as much as trivialize it. My name is Lieutenant Aldo Raine, and I'm putting together a special team, and I need me eight soldiers. Eight Jewish American soldiers. Now y'all might have heard rumors about the Armada happening soon well we'll be leaving a little earlier we're gonna be dropped into france dressed as civilians once we're in enemy territory as a bushwhacking guerrilla army we're going to be doing one thing and one thing only killing nazis is he entitled to do so well enshrined within the american constitution is the right to free speech so yes tarantino is protected under the first amendment so the question that will get a more informative answer is why does Tarantino insist on so brazenly rewriting history? What is his point? Well, here is a man who made a movie in which Adolf Hitler and the senior staff of the SS were not only burned to death, but burned to death in a Parisian picture house. Paris is the birthplace of cinema and since cinema is a place of illusion, Tarantino was certainly not hiding behind any curtain claiming that his film was historically accurate. Well, if this is it, old boy, I hope you don't mind if I go out speaking to kings. By all means, Captain. There's a special rung in hell reserved for people who waste good scotch. Seeing as I may be rapping on the door momentarily. I must say, Damn good stuff, sir. Now, about this pickle we find ourselves in. Would we'll appear there's only one thing left you to do. And what would that be? Sticklets. See how feeders into your Nazi boss. Which brings me back to Django Unchained. It is important to note that although the 13th amendment abolished slavery, the practice itself had been rendered all but unsustainable by the very people it sought to subjugate. Written accounts by plantation owners tell us that black slaves were rising up with such regularity that the trade was barely a profitable business. The slaves poisoned the plantation owners, destroyed their crops, burned down their barns and ran away in such numbers that the slave economy was practically crippled. In other words, they almost single-handedly bought about their own freedom. That Tarantino chooses not to write that history is not the problem. The real problem lies with the way he made the movie. You mind tell me what the hell are you doing? I confirmed that Pomhiel is at You Sure sir. He didn't call her by name, but she's a young lady with marks on her back and speaks German. Now, while it's not wise to assume in this instance, I think it's pretty safe. Point being, don't get so carried away with your retribution. You lose sight of why we're here. You think I lost sight of that? Yes, I do. Stop antagonising Candy. Django Unchained is a justifiably violent movie. But in his typical manner, Tarantino mistreats the violence because he recontextualizes it. The context in which he places the violence is a cinematic context. And because of that, any link it has to the real world is brutally severed. Tarantino has referred to *Inglorious Bastards* as his Holocaust picture. I wonder how he can dare call it that, considering the film ventures nowhere near the death camps, and it reduces its antagonist, SS Colonel Hans Landers, to the level of all other Tarantino creations. Landers may be an articulate, charming, and ebullient raconteur, but any real threat his real-life counterparts would have had is neutralized simply because Tarantino has written Landers so that he speaks just like all other characters from Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction through to both volumes of Kill Bill. So that's how Tarantino tells the stories, Let's look at how he makes his movies. Consider this scene where Django's wife, Broomhilda von Shaft, suffers a savage whipping. Oh man, Karuka ain't gonna appreciate this now. She, 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 she working the house, John. You can mess her skin up and you gonna mess up. She ain't gonna be worth, she ain't gonna be worth the damn thing. gonna your worth safe. Like the weight of the world was on my look, I, I told you that I was one of to do it. You ready? The one up with me. It, it, if anybody should be getting whooped, that should be me. It should be me, me John. I've been here long enough. you know me. you know me a long time now. Facing the fear that the truth I You know, master, no Kabukan ain't gonna appreciate this. She's, uh, she's a, high she a high slave. She's a high slave, she can't do I you wanna keep me fudding for you, I like the way you beg, boy. <laughs> the scene takes place in flashback, and at the start, it appears Tarantino is not going to hold back on depicting the violence. But he does, and I'm fine with that. We don't see the scourging, but we do hear the screams of agony. Again, I'm fine with that. However, Tarantino chooses to shoot the scene with a film stock that saturates the greens, blues and reds, as if we were suddenly watching a terribly neglected print of the 1970s exploitation picture Mandingo. Tarantino went for something similar in both volumes of Kill Bill, only on those occasions it was to mimic the Asian Martian arts films. Kill Bill was deliriously comic book in its tone and delivery, but for Django Unchained, which Tarantino purports to be about history, I ask you again what is his point now let's look at another film that gets its facts wrong Schindler's List if ever there was a film that had to get it right it is this there's a sequence in Steven Spielberg's adaptation of Thomas Keneally's Booker prize-winning non-fiction historical novel That depicted the butchering of 2,000 Jews in the Krakow ghetto. In the book, Keneally had noted that when Oskar Schindler witnessed the massacre, he had been riding his horse in the hills overlooking the ghetto. Later, Schindler recalled having seen a young girl wearing a red coat wandering alone through the streets as the Nazis went about slaughtering her fellow Jews. Schindler did not know who she was. In the book she remained nameless and the ultimate fate of the girl in the red coat was unknown. In the film, however, after the liquidation, we identify the girl's corpse being exhumed and then tossed on the enormous pyre lit by the Nazis to conceal the atrocity. Yet in real life, that little girl was named Rominka Liebling and she survived the Holocaust. So, how did Spielberg get that wrong? Given that he said he wanted to make a film so the world would not forget, why did he alter that fact? How could he have acted in such a seemingly reckless way? And, by contrast to the manner in which Tarantino suddenly changed his film stocks in Django Unchained, why did Spielberg suddenly choose to isolate the girl's red coat in what is otherwise a black and white movie? I contend that Spielberg was neither wrong nor reckless, nor was he indulging his cinematic ambitions. Instead, I contend that by separating the girl's red coat out from all the black and white images, and then showing us her corpse, Spielberg transforms this nameless girl into a metaphor, a reminder that it was not six million who were murdered, but six million individuals. Without such a metaphor, the number is nearly incomprehensible. Six million is a number I readily confess to not fully understanding, and thus I approach dangerously upon indifference. Yet, when Spielberg shows me the girl in the red coat, the metaphor repersonalizes the event And I am able once again to possess my horror. So please, the next time the historian in you sits down to watch a film, put aside the history book, look beyond the facts, and focus on the way the film presents its metaphors.